I'm still, I can't help myself. I'm still laughing. Do you guys have words prepared? Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to celebrate the life and humiliating death. All right, shut up, Taylor. Welcome to the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast. We have reached weekend number two. We've reached the Sweet 16, and Mike has finished his trip in Las Vegas, the yearly pilgrimage. He is online with us via phone. I'm calling with the sweet sailing solution, you know, pumping through the IV in the hotel. In the hospital. Uh, actually, you know what? No, they offer that in hotels now um, here in Vegas. So I'm sorry I can't be with you guys. Well, when you told us that you were actually staying in the house at the Westgate, I just wanted to picture your face, and then I realized, no, maybe I shouldn't picture your face or your expression or your general mannerisms because I've seen enough of them in this studio, and I could just expect that they were multiplied. Man, I mean, if... If you want to see my, if you want to imagine what I was like this past weekend, I mean, just imagine like just, you know, what you describe as like a three-year-old that's had too much sugar and just has clenched fists and is just bouncing up and down, you know, alone like a firecracker that's about to explode. I mean, that was me. Right now, you're pressing numbers on your phone in Vegas. I mean, you, you seem like you're already excited. You're pressing numbers He's in your phone. Just thinking about it. You're doing like this, you know. I, that's all what I'm hearing from your end, but yeah. Anyway. Oh, really? All right. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. He's smiling so hard his cheeks are hitting the side <laughs> of his phone. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, what a weekend, guys. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Where do we start besides from Virginia? And the first time ever the 16 seed beats the one. I think Guthrie and I should have the floor for this, right? It's only yeah, fitting. you guys definitely yeah, take can, it because I was started. very excited. Yeah, yeah, you were. I knew you were. You made it very clear over the uh, The the text thread. The worst thing you did say was, guys, how did we not see this coming? And I'm like, please, Mike, please. Aren't we supposed to be analytics guys here to a certain extent? I don't think anybody could have seen that coming. Well, I mean, it's just the simple fact that UVA can beat anyone and can also lose to anyone because of their pace of play. So See, I guess my, uh, I mean, my biggest concern was but that. But they went 31 we and 2. Even, it's a 31 and 2 team. I don't know how you can say that they can lose to anybody. They they lose two games the entire year, one of them in overtime by a point, and one of them on the road at West Virginia by like six. I don't know how you can no, say it, they could lose to anybody when. I just don't understand that argument. I just think this, it was well, this a crazy anomaly. This will be cathartic for you and Guthrie. Why don't you guys go ahead and have the floor? All right, Guthrie. Well, first of all, let's take a time out, guys, and tell folks how they can get in contact with the podcast. Even Syracuse fans, if you want to come back into the helm, you know, we'll welcome you with open arms. We never, we never really banished you. I think they banished themselves, but they're welcome back. So, Taylor, how can we all get in contact with the podcast, either by Twitter or by email? Well, uh, you can find us on Twitter at ACCBBallDegens. You can also send us an email, ACCBBallDegens at gmail.com. That's A-C-C-B-B-A-L-L-D-E-G-E-N-S. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, We like the good ones and the bad ones. We just like the good ones a little bit better. All right. (laughs) Back to Virginia. I I don't really know what to say. Whatever happened, happened, and it happened. That's my take. And this tournament can be cruel and very random. And Virginia, just from the the first five minutes, didn't look like themselves. I mean, you and I watch this team all the time. Would you agree with that? Yeah. First no, five minutes. I'm not looked, even talking about the second half. Completely out they of looked sorts. gassed immediately. They looked yeah. t- to me, yeah. they looked tired the entire game. And yeah. uh, I was listening to a to a beat writer, and I think he had a great take. 
And he said it, it was almost like they knew they were in trouble before the rest of us did, which I thought was very profound. And yeah, it's back, funny you say that. Even as I was watching the live lines in Vegas, with 11 minutes to play and down only, I think it was 11 points at the time, Vegas flopped the live line to actually be a pick em, um to try to lure in some last-minute uh, more Virginia money. And when I saw that it was a pick em, that's when I knew the game was over. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh, they're just suckering the last dime out of the Cavalier that's standing in the corner. Yeah. Well, Mm. after watching the Louisville game, I thought that there was still hope until about, uh, not even the under four, I I thought it was over at the five minute mark, roughly. So even before the under four, that's when I thought it was gone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Devin Hall, the foul trouble early, Wilkins and Hall to the bench. I mean, you can debate that. I don't even know what else to say, but if you're looking at a coaching standpoint, they had the same mentality for the Louisville game, and they pulled off the comeback. So I guess they were just running with what they were. I myself thought that they needed more possessions in the game to just hope that the math worked out and UMBC would come back to earth and that Virginia would pick it up. So that's why I was thinking they would push it a little bit more up the floor, but that didn't happen. Right. You know, right. nothing changed. They stood. They just went through the sides methodically, which mm-hmm. I think might have been the only thing you can nitpick about. But in in general, it was just a perfect storm of a, a game, and it rule two B strikes uh, in the cruelest scenario. Well, I have I've been thinking about this a lot, and I will out myself as a UVA fan. I think some people who listen would know that. Some people don't, but. Uh, you know, I couldn't help but think of all of us separated by distance, but like both freaking out over text. And I and I think it was a good it's a good representation of the UVA fan base that, you know, everybody's neurotic about the game from the very start. Mm. Um, but I kind of go back and forth between trying to explain what happened and thinking about what the ramifications will be in the future. And I, uh, I my question is, did Tony Bennett get outcoached? Did he have a poor coaching uh outing here and the reason i say that and i think kind of he did and i mean i i love tony bennett i think he's great and all the stuff about he's yeah, the class wrong he's the yeah he's great and he's super classy which is a headline now you can dust off every single march mm-hmm. which sucks you know every single time they lose like a game like this but um to what you were saying luke i felt like they either had one of two choices they had to either stick with their game plan, they always do, you know, methodical, run the defense the same way they always run it, just go all in on the plan that they've always done, or they had to kind of like switch it up and find another gear or a different level of plan B, something like that. And what they kind of tried to do was go back and forth between the two yeah, and like not yeah. couldn't really decide some possessions. They would but, look like they wanted to like completely panic and run up the floor and, and not have a plan. That because last year they actually strayed from the norm and went five guards. Remember that in, in that UNCW game or UNCG? One of the UNC right. Coastal right, teams. Right, the, the former flying Kevin Keats. Yes, yeah. yeah. In the Keats game, they went down double figures. It was a 16-point game, and they were trailing, and then he went five guards. And I was shocked. I'm like, well, okay, I guess he's throwing a haymaker and going away from the traditional Virginia we we were familiar with and it actually paid off. This year he didn't do it. Well, I'm not saying one right now. I don't I haven't decided whether I can say one is better than the other. I don't know what the play was. I don't what think was they, the play. I think the play was to choose one avenue 100% and then go with that. And they didn't really do it. You know, they weren't really 
they didn't really do that on defense. Like they kind of abandoned some of the principles. Well, def- yeah, and- defensively they were a mess. Yeah, and there's yeah. no ifs or buts about that. Offensively, I kind of understand what they were trying to do. People are like, why don't you get the ball inside? Get the ball inside. Well, I mean, it, what are you gonna have, like go down with Wilkins and Jack Salt yeah. jump hooks? Have you watched a UVA like, game? Like, are yet you gonna this really year? go like, down by pound? You know, yeah, advantage inside. Are you gonna go down on this option. ship, which went 31 and two? By pounding the paint with Jack Salt and Wilkins, who are probably going to hit 40% of their hook shots when you need to hit threes and you're trailing by 13. So I understand why they kept it on the perimeter, and I would have done the same thing. I just felt like he didn't go one way or the other. He didn't stick completely to the game plan, and he then, or he didn't like completely change gears. And I well, feel like if you're going to do something, you got to go with one yeah. of those two. You can't try and play the middle. I don't and know. I don't know what gear they could have gone. Lose it both. It's hard to think of what. Well, what would you have gone to? Yeah, I mean, that's the big criticism of the program, and that goes into what I think the big, you know, if you're people who are critics of UVA will say this this validates their feeling that, like, Tony Bennett's style can't win in March. Mm-hmm. And See, but if you win the ACC tournament, I think that's enough validation that you I, can't win. I agree. I agree with you. I don't think that that's a valid viewpoint. I think they can, but that's totally like, you know, the same people who say UVA is bad for basketball, that sort of thing. Now this... Is there rallying cry like, oh, well, yeah. obviously. This I mean, is, this is this the is like and, the perfect ammunition for people that want to make that claim. Right. And let's not to sure. use oh, a cliche. Oh, 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 let's, saying people that want to make that claim allow me to do that. They they lost by 20. How did they lose by 20? Yeah, I was about to say they got so dominated. Someone, someone explain this to me. Yeah, I'm, it's an inex- inexplicable. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it really, it, it really is. It's a, like it's the most points they give up all season, right? Yeah, it's the only time this season they've been scored. They've more let than, a team score more, more than, than seven. Highest field goal percentage, also biggest upset in college basketball just a, history, hands down. I mean, crazy. It's, it's just to be everything that can go wrong will go wrong. So with that said, yeah. I mean they got ran off the court. They didn't just lose. It was yeah. Yeah, they they looked really disappointed and you know very kind of almost sad and sluggish there with even like probably four to six minutes left. You know there there were points in that game where they just wanted to leave and you could and you could see it and that was kind of the most surprising and saddest almost moment for me as a basketball fan at the same time inside for me and I, honestly on the outside as well i was going nuts for umbc i was very excited i was in a in a group of other people that you know were cheering on cheering on jerry lyles um you know it was a great moment i feel like for college basketball uh, as much as it stung for the UVA fans, all those crazy shots. I mean, I mean, you're right. It is. It is a great moment for college basketball, as so much as it sucks for UVA if fans. You're, that's if right. you were not a Virginia fan, yeah. it's an incredible moment. Yeah, yeah it was. It was sure. an incredible moment, and I, I was really excited to be in a group of people that appreciated it. Not that I didn't want to spend the evening watching the game with you fine folks, but uh, well, let me <laughs> but yeah, was, let me read. It some, was a great moment for college basketball. Let me read some quotes from an already uh, the hottest of hot takes. The scorching hot take from Pat Ford at Yahoo. Oh, Pat Ford's column. Pa- just uh, don't. We're not going to repeat that on this. Kind of crazy. Look, we're not I, repeating this. I need to get yours and Mike's reaction to a couple of these quotes. Okay, I, I'm getting the floor out of this. Quote, okay, this really- yeah, you go nuts after like two quotes. It is time to deconstruct the towering fraud that is Virginia basketball. <laughs> a heavyweight, but with a glass jaw, and will panic at the slightest provocation. Virginia has gagged upon its own privilege. Wow. See, here's the thing. That's a a little loaded. And I cut out like half of the quotes I had listed here. I mean, I could have like made so many. I said this on my radio show earlier today, okay? In the modern age of media, 
and hot takes and columnists having a platform, no matter if they're a senior columnist or if they're respected or whatever, you're going to get these type of posts. You're going to get these type of columns. And you just have to weed through them. You have to go to the people you trust and then don't go for clickbait. Or I mean, for example, Pat Forty. I mean, if I had his number, like I, I would bet him anything in my bank account that Virginia is going to reach a Final Four. Okay. Agreed. I bet him everything, every dollar I own. Okay. I didn't know his name and, was pronounced Forty. Also, good note. I'm glad I learned that. So with that said, I mean, do you do you think it's only a matter of time? And the same thing happened with Villanova about six years ago. They just kept knocking. They kept knocking. Gonzaga. Eventually, the math is going to win over. If you put yourself in that scenario enough times, eventually the mask is going to win over, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen for Sean Miller one time if he ever, uh, if he can stay in college basketball and coaching, it'll <laughs> happen for him. I do believe that, but it's just a matter of time. Sean Miller to Pitt. Well, if that happens, yeah. I, I might retract my statement. <laughs> but that's enough. Of, any other thoughts? I don't know if there's anything else to say. Meanwhile, the Syracuse Orange have done the reverse Virginia against all odds. They have made their way to the Sweet Sixteen. And their fans who said to us very publicly on Twitter that they were done with us and that they were renouncing this podcast have all of a sudden come back. They've come back to talk smack, and I love it. And uh, I think Vegas Mike started it, so let's let him talk about <laughs> Syracuse. You did start the whole firestorm of this podcast, uh, us versus the Syracuse fans. I don't even know if it was us versus right. them. I think it, I think it's Mike. But go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, yeah you know, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm going to stand by what I said, Syracuse still to this day does not deserve to be in the tournament. <laughs> they, they don't, call they Pat Forty. Give this man a call on the Yahoo. 16. They deserve to be in the Sweet 16. They do not deserve to be in the tournament. Uh, but Look, I couldn't be more excited. I was actually um, tweeting yesterday during the Michigan State game just before a tip. I saw the line swirl all the way up to 10 points. Yeah, yeah, we, I, we I saw the tweet. There, we I saw said, the tweet. Man, yeah, that's congrats. way too high. I mean, Syracuse has been playing some of the best defense in the country. I think recently you really saw in the North Carolina game that they ended up losing and, you know, kind of got away from them in the end of that game in the ACC tournament. But, you know, I think they're playing phenomenal defense. I, I was excited to see them beat Michigan State. I did not think that they would beat TCU. And now they got to play uh, old old friend Duke, who they uh, lost uh, to about by about 15 points on the road um, just about a month ago. So, you know, kind of unfortunate that they have to play Duke here. Um, because they're going to lose? Yeah. <laughs> because they, they are going to lose. So that guy, uh, Beheim, he's a magician, right, Guthrie? Yeah, he is a total magician. I, I have no idea what to expect in the Duke game, honestly. Fantastic coaching, though, to get through TCU and Michigan State especially. Now, TCU in the first hand, I never believed in that team. I know you guys did. They I was on the TCU guy all year long. They'd had kind of a bad back half of the season. But, I, I mean, I've been really impressed with Syracuse. And they and they did it with Howard. Out. Yeah. And their <laughs> you know, defense it, has been so it's good. It's the emergence of O'Shea Brissett, too. Yeah, though. I mean, O'Shea yeah. Brissett has brought a shooting element to that team that they seriously lacked. People are starting to move out and guard, which is allowing Frank Howard and Tyus Battle to get into the paint more than more than normal. And I think I like to think that Battle and Howard actually listen to the podcast because they have taken significantly less jumpers over the past month than they were taking mm-hmm. the whole rest well, of the season. One of the things I noted in the cup, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the the really interesting thing about this Syracuse-Michigan State game, aside from the fact that neither team seemed to score in the last, like, five minutes, it was just, like, free throws and bad jumpers by Michigan State. Well, I was going to say, like, yeah, 
it's really it was the inability of Michigan State to break down the zone. Like they, yeah, it, and it, it's just so remarkable that they have such incredible talent on that roster and so many options. It seems at like the they, high post, they have a perfect zone suited team. Yeah, in the high post. Yeah. I mean, they're not a bad they're not a bad shooting team at all, and they have a lot of like big bodies that can do great things in the high post. Like, I mean, Miles Bridges usually is on the wing, but Jaron Jackson is a monster. And right. for whatever reason, you know, it seemed like uh, what's Ben Carter's his name. It, Izzo, for whatever reason, just wanted, you know, Ben Carter to be the guy well, in I think, the high post. I think teams are not used to dealing with getting that space in the high post or getting it into that space and then attacking from there and even though they might have the talent to do it it's unfamiliar and the thing that was crazy to me is like Syracuse's offense has not been great if you look at the numbers it wasn't really that great no but their defense I mean Michigan State was held to like 0.88 points per possession which is great efficiency Mm -hmm. numbers in the game I mean that was really good and I think battle to Mike's point battle did a great job of attacking the rim drawing some fouls yeah I, I mean if you the the amount of free throws that Syracuse shot is is a testament to their ability to like attack the rim and and otherwise I mean just hold Michigan State to taking contested looks and I mean they didn't make them Michigan State was eight for thirty seven from three oh it was, it was hideous the, the, the volume reason, of shots that they held Michigan State to I mean was the only reason Michigan State scored over thirty was because yeah. they just absolutely obliterated them on the boards. And th- that led to foul trouble because right. then they would try and chase and you know wrap their head- hands around uh, Listen, the I, state player. But I was shocked to see Jackson unable to just pull up from about 15 feet every single time because we saw we've seen so many games this year where he's been able to do that, and that's been like a money jump shot. But there is something I think about the setting, and it is a single elimination setting. If your 15 footer is not going down in the first two attempts, it gets in your head, and the zone messes with you. It just throws you out of your rhythm if you like. If you're a, a pull-up shooter, if you're a shooter who pulls up off the dribble to shoot, it's weird to like run into that zone and then have, yeah. be off kilter and then have to pull up or catch but, and shoot in a different way. I think I, mean, I think it, it's weird for teams that it, don't see it that way, you know. Yeah, and Syracuse it's, plays it's, a really good they play a very version good of it. Zone. Six they play eleven, a very good they can zone. shoot over anybody. I what I'm really interested in is how this reflects on Tom Izzo because there were a lot of expectations for this spartan team coming into the season and once again he had a a team with tremendous talent that didn't do all that well in the tournament like he hasn't been past the sweet 16 since what was 2014 was the year they went to the final four no they made the elite eight elite eight okay uconn made the final four that year it's it's been it's been a while and against acc teams i just saw this on our college basketball today he is two and twenty-one combined against Coach K, Jim Beheim, and Roy Williams. Like I guess, that I is, guess those two come against. Uh, did those two come against Tony Bennett? <laughs> no, Tony uh, Bennett was not on that list. Uh, <laughs> nice try, though. <laughs> I mean, that, he does that, that too. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has too. But that is a an astounding stat to me. Yeah, I mean, if Michigan State got to the next round, I thought that they were going to get clocked by Duke. Didn't we all think that? Except for Mike, but I I had Duke picked, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. Oh, well. 
Well, that sets up a Michigan good. Michigan State, welcome, big fat orange man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, enjoy enjoy your time while it lasts because I don't, I don't see them beating Duke, but I I guess we'll get to that later. Hey, I mean, who knows? Like, we should we, give them no, more of a chance. No, we really no, should. Like, I can't. Remember I can't do that. A, a few years ago, they didn't get much of a chance against a Virginia team that everyone was picking to make the Final Four or better, and mm-hmm. or further, and you know. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, you really, you really have to give credit to Beheim for preparing his players for the Michigan State game, but also yeah. the TCU and Arizona State. And you could argue, like, does goodness. he even want to be there? I thought he, he was ready to go on vacation like a week ago, two weeks ago. I mean, <laughs> is Jim Beheim the only Syracuse person not enthralled in being in the Sweet Sixteen? Anyway, that's a joke. Well, the last thing you know, you know what I wonder. One one thing that may have factored into this for Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State, when they're looking at this bracket, you can't imagine that they're thinking about facing Syracuse, right? Mm. An ACC team that plays exclusively zone. They're probably thinking about, you know, some, you know, man-to-man matchups, whether it's against Arizona State or TCU. It's just hard to imagine that they were looking towards playing, you know, Syracuse. And then you get – Facing Syracuse, what, you get the one day to prepare in the hotel conference room as you're, like, kind of flipping through Walks film room, of the yeah. zone, you know? And, 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 look, Syracuse is, you know, Syracuse is the biggest team in the NCAA per Ken Palm. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're a very large team, and I think that was one of Michigan State's strengths all year. And to be faced with that there right out of the gate before getting to the Sweet 16 obviously threw them off, and it was – much more physical game than Michigan State was ready for on their uh, farewell tour through Michigan and Detroit. I mean, we right now go, we Syracuse is one of the elite defenses in the country. And when they play Duke, I mean, the reason I think as much as we say maybe we – I think they have a chance because they lost by like 16 when they played in Cameron earlier this year. But they held Duke's offense to pretty tight – you know they, they played did, them pretty yeah, well. But the problem no, was their offense was shooting that game. Nobody. Yeah. I watched the entire thing. I'll never forget. But that's it. the whole point of the Syracuse zone, right? Nobody shoots, and their offense was Duke atrocious. Have particularly in game. good shooters either, though. So maybe you're onto something. But yeah. I have the Blue Devils marching on to the Final Four. I just think they shot Syracuse shot six free throws in the game. Okay, we're, we're done Duke. with this. They shot 31 against Michigan State. If they attack it in the same way, it could be a different game. North Carolina. Ooh. They're the third story in the ACC. Virginia being number one, Syracuse being number two. North Carolina, I think, is number three against Texas A&M. Texas A&M. I mean, I think I need to make a note about this in our little booklet that will our imaginary booklet that hopefully we'll bring out next year. Hopefully, it'll our, our it'll, memoirs. Yeah, mm. that we can use for future reference. Beware the team who you love at the beginning of the year and looks great has a lot of talent and a lot of physicality, and then for some reason tries to lull you to sleep by losing like seven in a row, and then pops up in the tournament. You're like, oh, wow, that team made it after that losing streak? That was Texas A&M. Because Guthrie liked them mm. at the beginning of the season, and then the swoon happened where they started one and what, seven, I think, in league play? Yeah, two, two and six. Oh, and five, two and yeah. six, yeah. Okay, oh, and yeah. five, two and six. And then they just pop up. Like, hey guys, we're back and we're playing against <laughs> Providence, a team that's hot. I'm all out on this hot thing coming out of conference tournaments because Virginia was hot, Carolina was hot, Providence was hot. They're all gone. Other teams who were hot, let's think. Tennessee was kind of hot. They're gone. I think well, we can put that to bed. Well, they ran into the buzzsaw of Loyola Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Man. there. We will get there we'll momentarily. Get there. But, um, but yeah, the North. I love. First of all, I love that we're. Um, 
kind of asking for forgiveness from Syracuse fans by putting them above the national champions, you know, going, getting knocked out of the tournament, um, that the North Carolina is number three here. Uh, you know, I love that. Um, good pandering there. Um, this game was was never close. Um, you know, and I, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about the size of Texas A&M with Tyler Davis and Hogue and Robert Williams in particular, but mm-hmm. I thought the key matchup was TJ Starks outplayed Joel Berry, and he outplayed oh my him. God. From yeah. the TJ start Starks was unbelievable, and, and just gave him the business. Um, so, you know, seeing that happen and having Texas A&M win by twenty-one, um, you know, was was a shock uh, to me as well. Um, luckily, a game I did not have money on, but uh, you know, the seven-point line Carolina was favored, and Texas A&M just came out from the beginning uh, with their foot on the gas and absolutely destroyed them. Um, It was interesting because Carolina jumped out to a lead. They were up by seven about halfway through the first half. And at that point I was, I was like, Oh, well, Carolina's just going to, you know, maintain this. Luke May is going to get his, you know, 20 and eight or whatever. And it'll game flipped on a dime. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was, it was everything we've been saying all year about Luke May, how he has just no ability to score when he's being guarded by someone that is taller or more athletic than him. And mm-hmm. that was like both of those things were true. Well, I also just right. think like if you're North Carolina and you want to play super fast and you want to get out on that break and then you run into a team that to a man, like talk about TJ Starks, talk about Tyler Davis, talk about everything, you know, those one-on-one matchups and not even talking about DJ Hogue. Am I still going to pronounce yeah, you that got correctly? It. Yeah, you got it. Like, not even that's their star, but forget about that. Like, to a man, they matched up better for North Carolina with that style of game. Like, they're all faster. They stopped the break. They shut down the break, and then mm-hmm. they scored, and, like, the break couldn't get going. And when that break doesn't get going, North Carolina doesn't either. And I, I don't know. I saw that happen a few times in the second half, and I was like, they're not coming back. Yeah, six of 31 from three. Uh, you know, Cameron Johnson and Luke May combined to be two of 11 from three. Yikes. You know, you, you need big games from Kenny Williams, Luke May, and Cameron Johnson. Then, you know, when the team shoots below 20% from three, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you really have to give credit to the Aggies' defense. They're, they're Right now, they're a top 10 defensive team in Ken Palm, but they've always been a really solid team at that end of the floor all season and Mm -hmm. just the pressure that they would put on the ball, not allowing Carolina to get into its offensive sets. It was just, it, it was really disruptive and man, I mean, it's just, it's so crazy to see a Carolina team lose to a team that just has dominating bigs. I was about to say, it reminds so... me of like an old Carolina team in the sense that their front court exactly. is just big and athletic. Yeah. And and this is the A&M team it. that lost to Alabama in yeah. the SEC tournament. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, but it was they weird. lost to Missouri and Arkansas and Mississippi State all in a row. Yeah, sure. And it's UMBC lost to Albany yeah, I, by I just, 40. I don't know anything anymore. Yeah, dude, basketball. I mean, the one thing that's consistent among Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Alabama is that they're all super physical teams, and they're all pretty big teams with the exception of Arkansas. You know, you saw, we'll get to Virginia Tech, but you saw how physical Alabama was against Virginia Tech. So, you know, that's that's the one thing that North Carolina couldn't really match up with, and I think Michigan's going right. to struggle with when they play Texas A&M. I think um, you're right. So we'll see what happens. 
Okay, let's go on to the next story of the tournament. I think has to be. I'm not going to say anything about this because I did not watch one of their games, and I'm still in shock that it, it all happened. But the Florida State's in the Sweet Sweet 16. I thought their season was dead. <laughs> yeah, dude. Unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, this is Luke, Luke, oh my you, god. You planted so many flags during the March Madness podcast. I'm I'm shorting the SEC. Florida State was dead a month ago. Mike, you're the man who had Arkansas. Like, you're the you're the Arkansas man, Mike. And this is straight dating back I to the am, SEC tournament. And they were an absolute uh, what, I don't even know what to no, well, we'll get there. But go ahead. Tell, tell me about Florida State. Tell me about this team, because I'm not familiar with them anymore. Not the team that I saw. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The, the Florida State that you've seen here in this NCAA tournament, I think, is the is the one that Leonard Hamilton always always wanted them to play as, mm-hmm. kind of this looser, more carefree team. You know, against against Missouri, I think they ran into a team that was tired and had struggled to make the tournament. I mean, you saw obviously if you watched it, Michael Porter Jr. Um, just you know limping to the finish, pretty much. But the Xavier game was something different. You know, they, they matched up very well with Xavier in that Xavier is kind of known for its length and its shooting ability, whereas Florida State's kind of known for the same thing. Plus, they can put a little more pace into the ball. And honestly, I, I thought that the matchup, that w- the reason that they were able to win the game, I thought, was the Brian Angola versus Trevor Blewett matchup. Mm. You know, I thought that Angola outplayed him. I think if Xavier is going to win and win consistently, they're going to need – Blew it to be the best man on the floor. Um, he oh, was yeah. not that evening, and uh, I. But to, and yeah, Trayvon Blue had credit, eight points. You know, Cantor for them was phenomenal, but uh, everyone else just didn't quite match well, up well. That late run by Florida State against Xavier is legendary. I mean, that run was super impressive. It's incredible. And to the point about Trayvon Blewett, they owned him. And he is like a pure scorer, but he's not the most athletic kind of guy. He's a good shooter. He kind of has old man game, like Mm -hmm. shimmy shoulder shakes, like the best thing you'll Mm -hmm. see in the Y. Uh, But like last year in the tournament, he was dropping like 20 and 30 in all their games for Xavier to make that run. And that's what they need. And yet the defenders of Florida State are longer and more athletic and just like own, I mean... Yeah, it's crazy to say. Yeah, and good, and good for PJ Savoy there hitting hitting the big shot for Florida State. You know, he's been out all year and, and battled injury. You know, just a huge character guy on that team. I know love PJ Savoy. Hamilton loves yeah. him. So and good to see PJ Savoy back. A huge moment for them. Too. You know who we're going to see a lot of? Maybe just one more year. I, I'm not really sure, but Kevin Gelly was amazing in this game. Like he came in, mm-hmm. he played 23 minutes. 16 and 16 and six like or i'm sorry nine and six and like playing down the stretch he was a force on the boards like it it, it, it really really important in that run towards the end of the game i mean this was this was a game i thought xavier had no no chance losing like i i I was with you 100 percent in selling florida state like it's amazing to me that they won this game (laughs) <laughs> the, the it, it's utterly ridiculous. Like if you look at the win percentage graph on, on Ken Palm, it's it's like very very close to 100 percent for Xavier until the run happens, and it it, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't yeah, I couldn't Chris, believe what I was watching. So how do you feel that Chris Mack was about to explode? 
How do you feel Florida State will match up against like a little more balanced team when they play Gonzaga? Ah, Gonzaga's going to win that game, I think. You think? I'm sorry, man. I think the dream ends. Well, but, their but, defense yeah, is a little stouter than the Xavier. dream is over. For, I mean, Florida State doesn't stand a chance against Gonzaga. Settle down, Michael. Well, okay, <laughs> s- settle no, down. Roy, Roy, Roy Hashimura is going to just—he's uh, going to step on Phil Cooper's face. It's going to be uh, Mike. Mike, the man who said Wichita State was the so, favorite in the East. All right, yeah, so let's settle down. I'm not. I'm not actually so sure. Gonzaga did not look great in their first two games, no, especially the first. UNCG had a legit chance to win that game. They like, did. Yeah, they that did. they. Oh, they, they with, I mean, they were up with what two minutes ago. Yeah. They had the lead with two minutes ish. Yes. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah. It, Norvell hit the corner three. Put oh him my up goodness. Kind of it was a lucky shot too. It was a twenty-seven footer. Other yeah. ACC storylines: Clemson. Man, let's all give ourselves a pat on the back for seeing that one. We actually did see that one, except Mike did say, "quote unquote," New Mexico State is awesome. They are awesome. They are awesome. They are awesome. <laughs> but but, but Clemson, they're they are rolling. Yeah, we we talked a little bit offline. You know, I got lucky. I put in a uh, nice Clemson bet there just before I left uh, Vegas, and yeah, they they were a great matchup against Auburn, and everybody there. You couldn't find a person in Vegas. That was betting on Clemson. It was crazy. Yeah, that's um, wild. Shocked. Know, shocked. That's... Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. Um, you know, so when the game tipped, you know, Clemson was plus one thirty money line in this game. It was crazy. Um, but you know, I, I think one of the things was when when people looked at the Clemson and Auburn matchup, they assumed that these were two talented teams, two talented guard-driven teams that had both suffered significant injuries. And I, I've said it several times, you know, the Dante, the Dante Grantham injury was significant, but it was nowhere nearly as significant as, as Anthony Macklemore injury yeah, agreed, for, totally, yeah. for Auburn. I mean, without, without Macklemore, there is no defense for Auburn. You know, Clemson still has the number two ACC defensive player in the year in Elijah Thomas, who had an awesome game. You know, they, they actually yeah. played through him for the first time in a long time. Um, so, you know, it, it's great to see Clemson playing well, and I honestly think they they have a good shot to make the Elite Eight. Um, so, yeah, go Clemson. You know, I I would almost lead with them only because I had uh, success with them at the uh, at the sports books. So. Oh yeah, they were fantastic. I'm interested to see what the line will be against Kansas, just because to to your point about like you couldn't find a person in Vegas on Clemson. They're not a sexy gambling team. Like they're not yeah, a team that people. I, I can tell you what take. it is. It's four and a half. Kansas by four and a half. You will not be able to find anyone taking Clemson, and except for me. Except for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah do okay, let's do it. This is a tough game though because we we've been so on in Clemson, but we've been off on Kansas. I think everybody can admit that. I slept on uh, them too much. And I, yeah, I don't know if you guys are aware. Is a little Kansas side note. So the line for the Kansas Seton Hall game. Are you guys aware of this about what it was? Hit it. So the Hit me Kansas. With it. Kansas Seton Hall line was minus four and a half Kansas. Oh yeah, the, know, in the last Hall, second three, I did see that. So yeah, yeah. Seton Hall's down seven and hits the hits the three at the buzzer and were breaks you, every single parlay in Vegas. Were you uh, uh, at, on the floor for that uh, occurrence? Yeah, I, I was. I was holding a Seton Hall plus four and a half 
ticket in my hand, just smiling from ear to ear as all my <laughs> friends drop like flies around me. It was great. Did you like tend to them? Were you tending the heads that you know were on the floor and you know trying to nurse, <laughs> nurse people back to health? Or I shouldn't say people. I should yeah. just say men. It's a sports like, book. <laughs> Good gracious. Yeah, like a World War II medic out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it makes it sound like I did like a lot better than I did. I mean, I did well, but I had plenty of losers too, let me tell you. Uh, let's talk about some of those other losers. Virginia Tech, we were all on Virginia Tech. Yeah. yeah. Man, you know what? I'm just going to take a timeout right now and try to describe what I think this year has been in March Madness. It hasn't been f- It hasn't been as good as everybody said it's been. It's been like somebody took – a bomb and dropped it on the bracket, but it didn't explode evenly, only partially exploded in like certain areas. So we've got just this <laughs> metamorphic kind of figure going around where, yeah, there's still some good teams left, but whoever's going to win in the East and the Midwest is going to be your national champion, let's face it. I, I don't know. What are your encompassing thoughts? Well, I was going to say that for the end, but ne- let's just get that out of the way right now. I mean, I I only had one thought on this game, and I'll let you guys get to it. When I saw Justin Robinson elbow uh, Colin Sexton in the face, and I saw Colin Sexton not flop and not check himself out of the game and just kind of look at Justin Robinson, I kind of knew that Virginia Tech was screwed. Um, So so that that was my one takeaway from that game. Uh, they, They were just bigger, tougher, and more physical, and you know, Virginia Tech couldn't do anything on the inside. Didn't that feel like a game Virginia Tech was going to pull out, though? They'd d- done so many of those on occasion during the ACC portion of the schedule. You're like, all right, it's a two-point game. Virginia Tech's going to get it in the final five minutes. I definitely felt like that. I, I kept like seeing the too. game, and like they, pl- like we said, they. I mean, I feel like they both play kind of quick, similar styles, and Alabama was just the physicality won out, and they were just more athletic. I thought virginia tech would be able to come in and use that passing and get some open looks and get to the line a lot in the end which they weren't able to do they didn't really press the issue as much as crunch I thought time they was also startling how they weren't i don't know very secure with the ball in crunch right. time i didn't think virginia tech they looked was. a little rattled yeah their passing completely disappeared and i think that's a testament to what alabama was able to do the entire game sure so yeah only 22 rebounds for virginia tech during that game i mean that's that's abysmal. When you when you were talking about Texas A and M against UNC, they had fifty three boards. I mean, so yeah. yeah, not not exactly mixing it up on the inside there. Oh, it was just horrible defense, honestly. Like Bama shot twenty two of thirty two from two. That's a sixty nine percent. And they nice. were getting a good percentage of second chance I, opportunities from their offensive rebounding. Alabama was yeah. Yeah. NC State Seton Hall was a game I watched start to finish, and. It felt like NC State had one last run in them. They had about four runs of where they closed the gap from something like 16 points to what felt like four. Never really got to a one-possession game, though, in that second half, and I knew they were in deep, dark doo-doo. When Seton Hall was in the double bonus, I think about uh, three minutes into the second half, just they couldn't stop fouling. They could not stop mm-hmm. fouling Seton Hall, and they— and even when Seton Hall got into the double bonus, and when you see a team get into a double bonus really early in the second half, sometimes like uh, the opponent will adjust. They won't play quite as tight. They won't play quite as physical. No, NC State was like balls to the wall. No, we're just going to keep on going, fouling you every single time down the floor. I mean, do we have the free throw count from that game? Anybody? Seton Hall shot 39 free throws. And made 31. They made 31 free throws. That's incredible. I mean, I thought... Gross. To your point about like, and it's not like they weren't earned. I think they were earned free throws. Yeah. NC State was just playing stupid, and Seton Hall was pretty aggressive. That's who they are, and mm-hmm. I, 
I kind of feel like watching an NC State game, I always get the feeling like, oh, they got this, even if it's, you know, they're playing Duke or something. I, they got this, or they have no chance, even when it's a close game. Yurt and 7 I, was uh, was an X factor, and he was immediately neutralized. Yeah, I never fouls. felt good about now, this. Now, the fouls on Yurt 7, I'd say, were fairly questionable. But he, when he was immediately neutralized, and you looked at his final stat line, which was about, what, two points and five fouls? He only played 14 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get that much time. I think they time. needed yeah. him. They needed those minutes from him, and they didn't get it. Al Freeman was incredible. Probably the player of the game. Markel Johnson on both sides had a Markel pretty Johnson decent game, was, eh. pretty good game. He was, he was eh. <laughs> It's sad. How, it's sad to see your heroes fall. I know. <laughs> Don't have yeah. heroes. That's the that's the answer. <laughs> that's the story here. Kevin Keats is he still a winner? I don't know. He's not a winner in March, I guess. Ouch. Yeah. Is that gonna close the book or Guthrie getting too I, I, I don't. I have. I don't have a whole lot to say about this game because I didn't. I was watching one of the other ones, but. Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's a tough one. Seton Hall is good though. <laughs> like, I I I think the job that Kevin Willard has done at Seton Hall is really remarkable. And yeah, you've always been a big Kevin Willard guy. Yeah, man, he's 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 a good a good coach. Well, I'll tell you something. I watched the, watched the first five minutes of this game, and within two minutes, I knew I'm in trouble with my NC State pick. I'm in mm. deep trouble. Yeah. And you knew it within two minutes. Yeah, you could and see And then it. they made a big run, and they got to within one possession when they hit a bunch of threes. And I was like, okay, maybe there's hope. But it still felt like even in the first half when it was about a two-point game, or maybe they even tied it up, it still felt like they were playing from behind. I got that sense. That was my final takeaway. But you sometimes you know in these games in the first two minutes, just like, oh, no. They needed oh, just no. like a little bit more on defense. I mean, Seattle's a great offensive team, but NC State – didn't have a bad game offensively, but they needed just a little bit more on defense. Something. Speaking of a team playing from behind, but pulling it out of their butts, Loyola Chicago taking down the sixth seed in the oh. South, the Miami Hurricanes. Oh, that's not fair. I mean, they were down a oh, little bit. Oh, stop it. Stop it, Michael. You know, Lonnie, Walker, Lonnie, Walker decided, Lonnie Walker decided that he wanted to give you a gift. Yeah, make March. your free throws, Lonnie Walker. And don't yeah, turn the ball over no when on an inbounds pass with, what, 12 seconds remaining? This is a good example of the polar opposite where I'll let Mike have the floor in a second because he was on Loyola this entire season. He knows, and he was right. Uh, but, I mean, I am a person who picked Miami to go to the Sweet 16 and possibly the Elite Eight. I have to check. I don't know if I did that. but uh, it's okay. and I felt, You can be open about things. I had Tennessee in my yeah, Elite Eight. So. I felt comfortable with Miami this entire game. I was like, okay, they're just going to put it away. This is what they do. They keep it close. They let people hang around, but they always take care of business in the end. And then they just like, that's the margin of error at the end of the game. You miss some free throws, you turn the ball over, and somebody beats you. Yeah, bingo, bingo, bongo. It actually reminded me a lot of the New Mexico State game um, that they played in Hawaii. Uh, I don't know if you guys had dived that deep into the tape. Um, but, oh, I watched, you know, they I were also watching that game. game to New Mexico State earlier in the year uh, yeah, by dude. one, where they, they were kind of in control of the game and then lost it late. Um yeah, Clayton Poster, you know, played well. It was nice. He was well. okay. Hit the big game-winning shot for Loyola. No, 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 no. You're you're getting your games mixed up. He didn't hit the right. game-winning shot. No, no. Against against Tennessee, he did. Yeah, we're talking about Miami, though. No, I know we are. I know we are. Right, but fine. he was the MVP of this game. Just, yeah, he um, rocked Miami against Miami. He put up 14 points. 
had four dimes. Yeah, he, he he played well, I thought, four, six, and three. Overcame a rough shooting slump in the MVC tournament. I know you guys were all over that as well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. You know, these these games, both this Miami game and the Tennessee game for Loyola, play to their strengths. They like to play slow. They're a great defensive team. And, um, yeah, I think it really came down to Lonnie Walker not being able to hit big shots. He was a marquee player. And I thought Chris Likes was pretty neutralized as well. You know, I, I spent a lot of time on the uh, – Casino floor talking up Chris Likes and pointing him out, pointing him out and stuff, and, and you know people are just looking at me like I was an idiot, which I'm used to. Um, but you know the other the other matchup that was huge in this game was Crutwig versus Huel. If you remember, I talked about that last podcast. Oh yeah, Crutwig was of, efficient out there. Yeah, I mean. man boy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he did well on Huel. He matched up well, and uh, you know he even played better in the Tennessee game. It was crazy. And his, I think his back cuts were extraordinary to watch. I think they also did a good job of uh, taking away Anthony Lawrence's game, and that's a big deal because mm-hmm. for an- well, like, he got in foul trouble too. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, and that's true. Right. But Miami needs Anthony Lawrence to kind of step up and and contribute something more than what he. I mean, he had four points in this game and only sh- shot the ball three times, and they need a little mm-hmm. bit more out of him. They need some more opportunities for him to score. Yeah, I mean, I'll be really excited to see what Miami brings next year. Honestly, I think that they're going to have a lot of these guys. Jaquan obviously is not going to be back, and Lonnie Walker won't be back. Um, but you know, I think the rest of this team is a really interesting team. I think that you'll you'll see preseason ranked in the top five in the ACC. Okay, let's go. That's all the ACC teams. Let's go to flags we planted. Oh our- wait, 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 wait! You forgot one. There's still one competing in postseason play, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the let's Marvel go to the Cardinals. Just recently no, took down. No, we forgot the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, we didn't even touch on Duke. We really. forgot the Duke Blue Devils. Stop it. Oh, the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, well, they always win. Let's they ro- talk yeah, about. they rolled. They yeah, rolled. What is that to say? They rolled Rhode Island. I thought the Rhode <laughs> Island sentiment was pretty funny coming into the two-seven matchup. I, I scoffed and chuckled when people said that oh, Rhode Island look out Duke. And I was like, yeah, it didn't yeah. feel like the type of team that was ready to take down Duke. No, no, it felt no. like they were built to get beat by Duke. Get smoked, yeah, not get beat. Right. It, it felt like they were built to get smoked. So let's get on to flags, <laughs> Planter. We're not talking about the NIT, Mike. Sorry. Oh, come on. That was a great game Louisville played against Middle Tennessee State. They stopped them by 15. Yeah. You, and you said playing, uh, Middle Tennessee State was the play of the day. Out there. Middle Tennessee State. Let me tell you something about the NIT. Five. It's even more random than the NCAA tournament because you don't even know motivation factors. There's a lot of teams who are right. unmotivated, so it's impossible to even project lines. So I, you can that's how you know advantage. you're a real degenerate. It might just <laughs> I'm warning you. Stay away from it. You do speak about motivation. It is interesting that the player, the Louisville players, voted to abstain from the NIT. I don't know if you guys heard about that. They yeah. they tried mm-hmm. to not like end the season. And yeah. they're actually putting a, like a pretty nice run together. Hedges like, no, I still got time. <laughs> this is my last chance. <laughs> We're going, boys. Anyway, yeah, I'll be honest. They are about to get stomped by Mississippi State. Oh, um, you think I so? Think even no. say that, Mike. You don't. Even, well, I mean, I guess we know the Mississippi motivation State factor. State is a top ten defense, man. They're they're great. You know, they they beat up on Texas A and M pretty handily. I'm telling you, they're the best defense in the SEC, Mississippi State. So Speaking of okay, Louisville's going to win that game. Here, That's a good segue. We wanted to talk about our inclinations or our flags planted, as Mike said, in this podcast. I'm not going to go back on the fact that the SEC has been an incredible success thus far. Florida's gone. Tennessee's gone. Auburn's gone. Yeah, I don't so know if I that's don't know even, what Mike – I don't know if Alabama's gone. 
don't know what you're talking about, Mike. They have two teams aren't they, left. Aren't they seven and three, seven and four in the tournament? They have a better record than the ACC, which is seven and five. Well, okay, Kentucky might get to the final. They have a shot to get to the final four now with everybody else gone. But besides from Kentucky, yeah, they have an excellent chance. Besides from Kentucky, I don't know. Can you really say this? Arkansas got annihilated. Your Arkansas boys got completely crushed. Same with Auburn, Mm. your regular season SEC champion. Yeah. They lost by 40, essentially. Alabama got drilled against Villanova. It wasn't even close. I I just don't know. Tennessee lost. I mean, I was shocked about that. But I think, like, Mm. judging the how good a total conference is by the – Tournament games is kind of a fool's errand, anyways, because it's so oh, random. Okay, and stuff happens. Just let us have some fun, Dad. All right? Okay, okay, okay. Give me your hot takes. Give us a little bit of fun. You're right. You're right, Taylor. You're right. I think you are right. right, but to me, but it's not as fun. I know. It's not as fun. Agreed. But but we're ready to you... judge the future of Virginia, though. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, right. we can all come together and say that the Pac-12 was terrible. Oh, the Pac-12 oh, yeah. was awful. Like I mean, despite being the conference of champions and deserving nine teams in the tournament as Bill Walton wanted, they they didn't win a single game. The Arizona game was was laughable. My goodness. Yeah, should have seen that coming. I always love those Buffaloes. Yeah, Buffalo's you say, good. You went the other way though. You said Arizona was going to win oh. by thirty. Oh my. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. That's okay. I have I had plenty of those as well. Let's get to some other yeah. flags planted. Let's review. What were our big? Islands, hills that we were going to go down on or stand on for bracketology. Come on, Taylor, you looking at me with bug eyes. Right I'm now. trying to remember what I said. I was all in on Miami. That was a mistake. <laughs> um, obviously, anything to do with UVA? Yeah, I think that's most of mine. A lot of mine. Oh, I, I saw. I hey, had. We hit Marshall though. Three of two of us hit Marshall. I actually Guffy had a, I did. a deep-seated belief that Virginia Tech would beat Alabama and then also beat Villanova. You did. Which seems seems laughable in hindsight. <laughs> but hey, you know what they say about hindsight. Uh, Shout-out to uh, the Marshall coach, though, Dan D'Antoni. Iconic fashion choice. The <laughs> T-shirt, graphic tee with the blazer seems over top. Like, I love seems, it. Seems like something you'd do. Oh, yeah. It's something that I aspire to do but don't can't really pull off, so I don't do it. But he's an immediate style icon for me. Here's something I went all in on in the tournament, and uh, it, it it turned out fantastic. I thought the eight nines were the way to go. There was value in them, so I took Creighton, Missouri, Virginia Tech, and uh, <laughs> NC State. That was that's, that was my yeah, uh, that was my pretty, take. It's pretty impressive. Actually. Do you remember that? Yeah. It, last podcast, I'm like, here's the value, guys. The eight nines. We're gonna go in this direction, and poof. Do a sound effect. Yeah. Anyway, I admire your ability though to have identify a system and then, you know, stick to that system and you apply it. You got a story. Yeah, you have a narrative. You get you construct a narrative and then you apply it to that. I like that. What other stories did mm. we hit on? Or I, I'm just talking about myself, but you guys feel free to chime in. Or did you just erase your memory after this weekend? Yeah, I all my stories were wrong. Yeah, Sat. Uh, what day was that? Uh, Friday. I don't remember much from Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, blacked man. as much as that yeah. out as possible. Yeah, there was yeah, a lot. I'd say there's a lot of liquid consumed by this town in general. I wasn't here for it, but I was out. Um, doing oh, you're this. talking about Charlottesville? Oh yeah, I, I've heard some incredible stories from some Virginia fans already firsthand. Like waking up on, on their kitchen floor and next to their dog randomly, and it's all of a sudden <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, but Mike, what about what about you? Let's talk about some of your takes because I can remember. Yeah. Them. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought Michigan State's collapse was almost as bad as Virginia's when when you look at it through the prism of expectation. You know, I think that Virginia, you know, came in with no expectations, obviously unranked, and had a great season and fell short against a team that gave an incredible effort. And Michigan State, meanwhile, came in and you know, kind of coasted along and then came into a matchup with Syracuse that was winnable and didn't quite show up. I mean, I, I, I think Syracuse played well. I thought they did everything they had to do to win the game. But Michigan didn't do anything. And I think that was the consistent theme of their season. So that was that Michigan was a State. big moment for me. And then the, the second thing that really It's crazy to, to say that was, that's comparable to Virginia, though. The first 16-1 upset ever when... Michigan State lost to I mean, a Hall of Fame coach with one of the elite defenses now in the nation. I mean, I I, I think it was comparable to me in terms of expectations. I okay. mean, I don't, He's I don't preseason know that, preseason. I don't preseason. Know that Virginia Virginia losing was obviously a huge moment for college basketball, <laughs> but I think the people in East Lansing were probably more devastated than the people in Charlottesville. What about the people in Cincinnati? <laughs> yeah, that was actually <laughs> what I was going to bring up. My goodness. The, what a what a turnaround! Mick, Mick Cronin with one of the most epic collapses in Cincinnati basketball history, and Xavier fans, mm-hmm. you know, pointing and laughing, and then yeah, Chris Mack says, "Hold my beer." <laughs> I got this. He says, "I got this." My indeed. God, back to back Cincinnati team collapses in a matter of hours. Like, good God. What a sad town that must be. But man, so we have to give we have to give credit to Nevada. Like the the I, I we were texting during this game, I believe, and mm-hmm. Eric Musselman has done such a terrific job this season managing managing expectations, and the Martin Twids are just fantastic. Yeah, yeah they've had, they've been they've looked good. Yeah, I mean, what a, what an incredible comeback. Yeah, I, I'm just I, I I love this team so much. All right, a few things yeah, we're my, happy about. My loyal Chicago Ramblers will will really really struggle in that game against that matchup against Nevada. They would have been You're much correct. better suited to play Cincinnati. I would concur. I'm also mm. really happy that the Houston uh, thing is over. Yeah, that was the other thing. I'm happy yeah, that's over. I, I did not expect Michigan to beat Houston, and then Houston epically. You know, I guess I should say Michigan epically won that game. With Houston Jordan really three pointer at the buzzer. Yeah, but it uh, was it was missed opportunities by Houston. Like they had yeah, the before free the missed free throws, they turned it over. There was a, there was another op- opportunity to hit a you know a couple pair of free throws, and I think they split them. It was it was that was a pretty amazing. I I couldn't believe Michigan won that game. All right, we got to run. Let's pick games briefly before we say so long. All right, Taylor, are you queuing up the line? Man, there's been a lot of awkward pauses today. Are we all just drained from the past four days? I think so. It's been an emotional, what? Working really hard, though. 90 hours? It has been, indeed. Yeah. Mike seems okay, though. That means he... he oh, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I'm happy as a claim. I'm sorry I couldn't I'm be there. I just... You know, this body's old, right? Together, I don't yeah. treat it very well. I'm sorry. So <laughs> I just the, couldn't get it all the way to studio today. So the South is where we're going to start the action in uh, the next round in the Sweet 16. Nevada and Loyola Chicago and Atlanta. 707 Ooh. tip By the on way, Thursday. while we're doing war stories like 
the Seton Hall cover against Kansas. I had Kentucky and Davidson, which turned out to be one of the most <laughs> egregious chops of all time. Mike, oh, that was so do you know bad. what I'm talking about? That was so bad. Mike, you were there. We're you know. Davidson plus five. I couldn't have been happier with that push. That was the most egregious push I've ever seen in my life. It was. It was. I didn't even see it. I turned it off when yeah, it was down 11 with like 22 seconds. Left. Yeah, it was 11 with 22 seconds, and Davidson's still fouling. <laughs> Could, I, I don't want to. We're not going to talk about it, but let's go to the South. Uh, Kentucky and this. I don't know how this Kansas never State. In, never surrender. I don't know how this Kansas State team appeared in the Sweet 16, but I'm looking at it right now. Still have a, a loss for words about that, but. It opened well, okay. as a five and a half What's point line. line. What's the first line? It opened as a five and a half point line. It's since moved. Kentucky are six point favorites. Uh, it seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. Against Kansas State, I mean, the big thing is who's who's healthy. I mean, is Vanderbilt going to play or is Dean Wade going to play? Um, I think right now Dean Wade is expected to sit, and I think Vanderbilt is expected to play. I would mm. definitely take Kentucky here. I'll take yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. I would absolutely bad take matchup, Kentucky. Bad matchup for Kansas State. I also think like Kentucky's defense actually matches up well with Dean Wade. I think if he yeah. plays, I yeah. think it's. I think they have you know the people to yeah, guard PJ, him. PJ Washington should be all over him. Um, yeah, I just. And plus, you know, the, the Barry Brown matchup. And, I, I mean, the key the key is Kansas State's point guard, too. I mean, he, he's a highly skilled guy there. I, I just I just like Kentucky, though. Uh, too too much offense and, and just enough defense. Yeah, and the rebounding is is going to be just tremendously in the Wildcats' favor. I guess I should say the Kentucky, in Kentucky's favor. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I'm going to – Kansas State's guarding so well, though. They guarded Creighton incredibly well. I don't know how Kentucky's going to get their shots off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky, who really didn't create much separation against uh, Davidson. Okay, not a team full of like great shooters anyway. So yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you're thinking about Kentucky and what they've done on the tournament, I didn't watch all of Buffalo, and that was an absolute waxing. So maybe they got it together. I'm just kind of tracking off that first game against Davidson, but I don't know. Let's move on. Nevada, one-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. favorites against your loyal Chicago Ramblers. Well, we know how Mike already feels about this one. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be taking the Ramblers here. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be all in on Nevada. Um, it's just. A, it's a pace and space game that I don't think Loyola is going to be able to keep up with. Uh, I like Nevada spread. here. One and a half. Nevada, one and a half point favorites. Yeah, Nevada. I think you hammer Nevada here, right? Like I, I would yeah. agree. The the Martin 100%. twins. Martin twins are shooting well. Caroline is terrific for yeah. a six five big man. I, you gotta love an undersized big. Yeah. Definitely. At the risk <laughs> of six seven big man, excuse me. Yeah, six at the risk of uh picking our billionth consensus loser. I think I'm <laughs> I think I'm on Nevada here too. <laughs> me too. Nevada. How did we do it in consensus? Well, we did not do well on Virginia Tech or nor NC State, but we did hit one well, we hit Rhode Island was our hit. Mm. Start today. We started the tournament with a huge bang and everybody was oh, happy was, and then you know, things nice. started spiraling. Let's yeah, start. no kidding. I, I started off on fire. I was 6-0 and to start the tournament at the Westgate, man. It was I, a... I kid you not, I went 4-0, and, and a lady called me on my cell phone to offer me a room upgrade well, right at that moment that I went 4-0 at the Westgate. I declined it. I said like... I had already unpacked. I was like, I already unpacked. <laughs> I hung everything in my closet. I'm not, I'm not moving. Yeah, exactly. it, was, it was a good moment for me. Well, you know. Then Friday night, well, Thursday night happened, which wasn't productive, and then uh... – Friday night happened, which was an atomic bomb. <laughs> Let's go next to All right, what's next? Florida State and Gonzaga. Gonzaga is five and a half 
point favorite. Oh, duh, that's that's no brainer. Mm. What, what, what are we thinking about here, guys? Mm. Well, you give me your mm. take, and I'm going to respond because I have something prepared. <laughs> you better go first if you got something prepared. No, no I'm just waiting. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Florida State magic here. I'm gonna keep it going. I think that uh, they're playing a little looser. They got some shooting back. Uh, they can move the ball, get it moving fast. I don't. Th- I think Gonzaga is not. I think people are thinking of them as like the Gonzaga of the last couple of years, and I think they're not on that level right now. They, I don't know if they have the quickness to to keep up with Florida State. So I'm gonna go with Florida State here with the points. Wow. Wow. All right, Guthrie. your turn. Guthrie, give me the Bulldogs. I. I don't know. I mean, th- this one's. I don't. I don't know what to think about this Florida State team. Like, I. I, ju- I just. The Xavier game is just so inexplicable to me. I. I. I'm baffled at how Leonard Hamilton did it. But if it makes you feel any better, Gonzaga started as the six and a half point favorites, and so the the line is moving in their in their favor. Mm. People are on Florida State. Yeah, they they like that Leonard Hamilton magic. I, I I guess I'm leaning Gonzaga if, okay. if I had to pick. The only thing that's going to hurt Gonzaga here is if Perkins goes rogue. That's my take on this. Otherwise, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. we've still yet to see a good Killian Tilly game, which is coming. You know who else is really hot? Is Zach Norville Jr., who really oh, yeah. did X's and O's around Ohio State. I mean, he was like playing Frogger with Ohio State. It was incredible to watch. Yeah. So that being said... Can they match up with Florida State? Yeah, Florida State has length, but Florida State does stupid stuff. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna... <laughs> yeah, that is so true. <laughs> they do so that much is so stu- true. And Z- Gonzaga's not going to do stupid stuff. I mean, sometimes it boils down to being that simple. If you're looking at a matchup, I don't know if there's a matchup you could circle and say, well, that really favors another team. Because Gonzaga, you could say, yeah, you can say Tilly uh, defensively, maybe he's sometimes challenged, but yeah, I mean, they still have to get out and guard him on a pick and pop. So that's going to be a challenge and maybe a wash on each side. And then everybody else, I think, is pretty comparable con- concerning ability and mobility. So uh, I'm going to go with the m- better coach team and the more disciplined team and I, I the better offense because it right. dictates. Man, I, those are, those are all excellent points by all of you guys. I, I, you know, I think that for me, when I look at Florida state, I see really a transition team, you know, that, that sometimes settles into the half court and, has has good solid shooting ability and good size, you know, and they can rebound the ball. I think they're they're a pretty good matchup for Gonzaga. You know, I didn't know the line before you said it, which is five and a half. I think that's just a little bit too much here. I I'm with the public, I guess, on this one. I like Florida State plus five and a half. I I think that line maybe gets you know somewhere around six or something. Um, yeah, I like I like Florida State here. I think it'll be a little bit closer. But the player to watch for Gonzaga, I don't know what's mentioned, was uh, Roy Hashimura. Uh, you know, he he's, off the bench. Uh, yeah, he had about twenty five. I think right. Out for them. I don't know how I much he had. I just really like his game. Mm-hmm. Florida State's also too much of a motley crew. I don't know if I can trust a motley crew I in like the Sweet that. Sixteen. If it, it, it's true that what Mike was saying, they feel like a transition team. And they, and it's also true. Luke was saying they do stupid stuff, which often happen at the same time. But I mean, if you want to, Gonzaga's offense plays pretty fast. They take shots pretty quickly, so it might work. Yeah, it, it might work. work Who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right, Michigan. I've been wrong a lot. All tournament on Florida State, so I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if they just punch a ticket <laughs> yeah. to uh, the uh, lead eight. <laughs> yeah, just punch you in the mouth one more time on yeah. the way out. Why not? Yeah. 
Bottom half of that West bracket, Michigan, two and a half point favorites over Texas A&M. Oh, this game is untouchable in my opinion. I agree with you. I agree oh, with you. Oh, it's so you tough. I know. Couldn't pay me to take this. Um, uh, still, I, I'd probably ride A&M, man. A&M's been too big. They've been too strong in the half court, which will be where Michigan wants to play this game. I think it's a pace of play game that won't favor Michigan. Um, I, I think the length of Texas A&M and their ability to consistently contest at the three-point line will ruin Michigan. I just... And I just don't like the Robert Williams uh, Wagner matchup. Yeah. Um, so yeah, give me give me A and M here begrudgingly. I you can't know, believe I'm saying that. What's interesting is we've sort of seen this game before last year in the tournament. South Carolina and T- Texas A and M is this year's South Carolina. Can we agree on that? Ooh. Yeah, I like, Ooh. it kind of feels like that. Definitely. Mm. They're, they're, they're oh right. wow, I'm Luke. Luke, you've done something here. I like that very much. They're just, we're, we're the on-a-mission team. We're physical, we're grown men, and we're going to beat the snot out of you, and we're going to just plow all the way to the Final Four. We believe in ourselves. Ooh, I we kind got of... momentum. They might be that team. However, is Michigan the Gonzaga that's just like, we're too skilled, and we're too good at basketball, and we're going to beat you because we're shooters? I feel like they don't have that like guy who was like Thornwell last year who was like the pure scorer who could take over like that. Not pure score, but like your dominant score. Um, yeah. And so I, I think okay, I'm going to take. It's an analogy. That's, I know. It's not I'm just perfect. saying. <laughs> I think it's a great analogy. I just think that's like the one thing missing from the formula. I, I'm going to take Michigan here. Um, I think they are going to be able to control the pace of play. I think they're going to keep the game slow and in a half court setting. And I think that benefits them. And, and A&M would like to run a little bit more. But I think mm-hmm. Michigan will control the pace and I'll take them. I also like Michigan. I I really don't see them turning it over a lot in this game. Um, the the one question I have is, can Wagner stay out of foul trouble? There's not. Mm. I mean, I I do like Teske a lot, but you know, there's a significant drop off. And if he stays on the floor, I think Michigan has a great chance of spreading a And M out and getting great looks, because man. Michigan's offense is is looking terrific right now. So, I mean, let me ask you something. When you when you're thinking about that matchup, is is Duncan Robinson going to guard Tyler Davis? Yeah, that is a really good question. I mean, are, is is Beeline going to go with with two bigs? He's have to, to deal go with, with two bigs. I think right? he's going to have to go with two bigs. He has to otherwise, because otherwise, the, yeah, is Duncan Robinson going to? Like, how is he going to box out either Tyler Davis or or uh, Williams? Yeah, I'm no, he could see what small. happens on the glass. He here. could go small. The glass is the most interesting narrative of this game. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't, I don't have a good feel though. Yeah, whatever. I'll ride Texas A&M as my pick. All right, should we move yeah, to the I Midwest? Like, I don't care now. Do too much A&M. So I, yeah, we're split I, here. I like that. I don't the feel two good. smart guys on Michigan and the two other guys on A&M. I like yeah, it. The, the two W's <laughs> are taking the Aggies. Let's yeah. roll on. Hey, you don't have to be smart to win. Villanova and West Virginia. Great matchup. Love it. That's what everybody wanted. The, nobody wanted nobody uh, wanted Wichita State Villanova. That would have been a uh, an absolute waxing. So yeah. Villanova, your five and a half point favorites. Wow. And probably the most intriguing individual matchup in the tournament with Carter and Brunson going toe-to-toe, that's going to be awesome to watch. If you're going to go with this game, you just got to go with WVU money line. I don't think five and a half. It's all or nothing. Right. It's push the chips right. in or not or short them. 
Right. Ooh, I, man, Luke, you're kind of you're giving me some giving me some tingling in my toes this evening. I like where your head's at right now. I, you know, I, I liked where my head was last we'll, week too, and we'll I'm probably now win the game and probably win it big. But I like West Virginia money line. That's what I would do too. I'm a, I'm on you. I like it. That's a, that's my pick. I like that. I w- I'm probably gonna just pick West Virginia because I have picked them. I'm I'm riding them this tournament. That's one of my narratives. Shout out to Luke right there. But uh, you gotta have a story. That's gotta be the wrong pick. I mean, Villanova doesn't turn the ball over. They are so composed. West Virginia's not going to be able to force them to make dumb mistakes. I mean, I don't see that happening, at least. Villanova uh, is a terrific shooting team. Yeah. West, they're going to so get once, those looks. I mean, they're going to they're gonna carve up that. You can't I help but think they're going to carve up the completely, completely agree. Like, I, they're going to have time to prepare also. It would have been good if West Virginia could have caught them with a quick turnaround, like the, the one right. day prep. That didn't happen. Uh, I'm all in Villanova. Yeah, I yeah. To me, I think five and a half is not enough. I, I think Villanova plays is gonna. I mean, it, this is not not a home game, but there's gonna be a lot of Nova fans in the Garden in Boston for this game. They they take care of the ball like Taylor was saying. Terrific shooting team. I think they have no problem breaking down the press, and they will they will punish for West Virginia for pressing. Like a, five and a half seems almost fishy to me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm missing. Well, what did Jay Wright say about home crowds in the tournament, especially when you're heavy favorites? Sometimes that can go against you in the final minutes if it's a tight game and you can really feel the pressure all just fall on your shoulders. So who knows if that's and neutral fans root for the underdog anyways. Yeah, who knows if that's a real advantage? Yeah. And neutral fans might see, you know, New Yorkers might see West Virginia, but they like, I like that guy Kata. Yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> Good. Okay, te- Texas Tech Purdue. Well, you got. I think you got to keep riding the Texas Tech hot train, man. Um, you Purdue. know, again, a great point guard matchup with Keenan Evans and Carson Edwards. Um, I, I read today that the uh, Purdue engineers are trying to come up with a a, a cast for Isaac Hoff's arm. So that he can uh, compete in this weekend. If games. anybody can do it, <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> what we saw out there in warmups, but yeah. So Purdue are the one and a half point favorites in this game. Oh yeah. gosh, they're so yeah. great Man. against they're so great against Fullerton, weren't they? Oh, it was that was a spectacle. <laughs> and then Butler, who I think was, I think Butler turned out to be very good this year. So we shouldn't underestimate just a narrow win over Butler because they are one of the strongest ten seeds we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what? What are the and odds Texas that Tech Haas shouldn't even plays? be here? None of us like Texas Tech. What? What are we doing? Why aren't we taking Purdue? What are the odds that Haas plays here? Is he? Uh, oh, zero. I don't, zero. I, I, it's not I gonna think, happen. I don't think he's playing. Above zero. Oh, zero, zero I mean, he's point two. Broken, unless the engineers elbow. can come yeah, up with something. But now we kind of have this new identity Purdue team. We have this new identity for Purdue, and I think it's loosened them up, and I like it. I mean, we've been saying this entire season, though, that that team revolves around having Haas in the middle. It's just uh, Haas that team has shooters. and a bunch of shooters. But the shooters without Haas can't do it. That's what we've been saying. Well, they, That's they our just, narrative. They just beat Butler. Vincent, yeah, I mean, you Vincent know, they, do have, they do have Matt Harms, who's, um, you know, he's kind of like the new Grayson Allen. He's a guy that a lot of people like to hate. You know, he's just kind of like an over-enthusiastic big. He's... Seven three two fifty, right? Big dude. He's got that um, hair that Luke loves. Yeah, yeah, he's got the haircut. I that say Luke that's loves. sarcastic. 
Uh, the, I mean, the story is Carson is... Edwards. You know, can Carson Edwards go off? Well, this game is in Boston, here? right? Where's this game? Yeah, it's in Boston. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's in Boston. Right. I'm taking Texas um, Tech. You talked me into it. I think Texas Tech is going to just guard, guard, guard. I, I mean, agree. They, they just they defend the three well. They turn you over a little bit. Um, I, I just I like I like what Keenan Evans is doing. He looks healthy to me. I think Zaire Smith can jump out of the gym. He's just a crazy athlete. I just I just like Texas Tech in this matchup. I, I don't think Vince Edwards is quite right either. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't really played that well in the tournament. And, um, mm, I really disagree. He actually he actually he's going to be ready. He played he played pretty well against Butler, and that that has been a concern like at the tail end of the season for the Boilermakers. Like Vince Edwards, is he is he recovered from injury? Is he really back to where he was at the beginning of the season? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And he did play well. Again. Yeah, it was it was definitely a concern. All right, we gotta get we gotta get a picks. Man, I I I love I love Purdue. Like I think Purdue is is just a a terrific offensive team. And while the injury to Haas, of course, is devastating, Harms is an ample replacement and. I, I love Purdue to make it to the Elite Eight. So moving into the Midwest, we got two big I, ACC can, matchups. Can I make a pick? Do you mind if I make Oh, a you pick? have not made it yet? Yeah, I'm going to go with Purdue, uh, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just move on now. Um, Sorry, I, I thought you had already picked. I don't even get a chance to justify it, but let's go on, because we're out of time. Other games of note to get to if we cycle down to Kansas and Clemson. We already touched. We already did a, a fairly good breakdown of this. Kansas four and a half point favorites. Just give your picks. Reminder. Mm-hmm. We, we touched on this Clemson earlier. Money line. I'm, I'm Clemson taking Clemson. Money Clemson. Line. God, let's do it. We're let's, all in on Let's go do it. Tigers. I had them yeah. in my lead eight. I'm going to keep them in my lead eight, and we're going to roll on with this Brad team. Brunell, get that contract extension. Oh, baby. I want to see it. I want it's to gonna see, happen. I want to see the Tigers. <laughs> and just, if it doesn't, then I'm going to hear a lot from look, these Kansas fans who started texting look, me Real quick, I feel like you would have good insight into this. You would know, Luke. So let's say Clemson loses by like uh, eight points. Not uh-huh. an embarrassing loss, but they lose to Kansas, whatever. Does Brownell, what what happens at the end of the season? What's what his like? What's he his status? He's safe. Yeah, he's, 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 but not oh, safe. Totally Does he safe. get like an extension? Does something happen? Do they lock yeah, him in? I think he gets about five years. Okay. Yeah. Is he going to be making more money than Tony Bennett? I mean, Clemson has more money than you have to realize. Like certain schools have more money. Clemson has lots of money. Virginia right now, not quite Man, in that league. It's so, amazing what one half-ass turning run will get you. No, there's a lot of. Factors. I don't think that's worth. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about football, my friend. Oh yeah, I'm not talking about yeah. the money. I'm just talking about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can explain to you how athletics money works sometime, but we'll do that off air, Taylor. Yeah, different podcast. Next up, we have. Oh, we've already kind of gone over this Duke and Syracuse, our final game. The line is Duke uh, 11.5-point favorites. That's just important to note, which makes me say I'm taking Syracuse. Oh, my goodness. I'm all that over is, Syracuse that is right so here. Ma- that, this, way too many. Is this how they built the Venetian, You're Jaffe? Way too many. I, I, I want to I take out everything in my Roth IRA, eat, eat, eat the penalty, and put it on the orange. Tell me why I'm an idiot. We... I can't. I can't. And, you know, I, I think that right? most people will be looking back at that game a month ago a penalty, though, and saying that they won by 14 early. at home. And, you know, here's an 11-point line for you I, on a neutral court. It's almost an exact deduction from that. Um, 
Well, here's my yeah, only. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse counter. is much better, and I don't think that Duke is much better from a month ago. I think Duke's better than they were a month ago. Okay, mm-hmm. let, here's what I'm going to give. I'm, I'm sorry, Syracuse fans, if there's any of you left. I don't think there's any of you left, so uh, I can go into this without bringing up too many sore memories. When the 2016 Elite Eight game happened and they beat Virginia, it was like the pinnacle for Syracuse. Sort of like beating Michigan State. Similar teams, underdogs, heavy underdogs in each of the contests, and they get on, and they face a familiar blue blood, a familiar foe, in the next big game, and they got drilled by Carolina, and it was just commonplace, exactly what everybody thought. I think that might be replicated here. Different teams, though, I mean. Really? Yeah. That was also a bubble team who got in. They were also, what were they, a 10 or an 11? I think Syracuse's defense was not as good that year, if I remember. It wasn't like the as good as this year. It doesn't matter. Defense. Duke can score on anybody, and they will. And they're hey, gonna, Luke, Luke, they're do you remember the your, Luke, do you remember your quote that you texted us all during the uh, Syracuse-Duke game a month ago? What was it? I, was, uh, I feel like I'm watching two teams that play zone that forgot how to play against zone. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and the Duke defense now is very good. Allegedly. So, I just feel like that's what I'm going to be watching again. There's two, like, piddling teams swinging the ball around the perimeter, you know, taking ill-advised threes and Wendell Carter, you know, high, you know, free-throw line jumpers. It's just, I don't know. I just we can't see, see it, it again. being enough possession. We could see it again. Well, couldn't you see Bagley, like, eating it up down low if or moving him to, like, a little post ex- elbow extended, post extended, getting in the ball there? Uh, are you going to talk about Chukwu that way in front of me? My beloved <laughs> Chukwu? Yeah, Pascal. How dare, how dare ye? Uh, <laughs> I'll slap you with his goggles. No way, man. Uh, no, I, I could definitely see Bagley going nuts. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I like I like the 11 points here. It just seems like a lot. The only thing is, when it is the last game of the season and you're down, you do tend to see a lot of fouls at the end. Just for, like, what the heck fouls? Yeah. Let's, let's play another two minutes. Let's play another five minutes. Let's let them win by 16, <laughs> even though we were just down by six. Yeah, I can see that happening. So I'm going to take Duke, guys. I'm going to do it. I'll be the one uh, Islander right here. I don't feel good All about right. it. Oh, hey, you know what I just remembered? Virginia lost by 20. <sighs> to a 16 I'm still, I can't help myself. I'm still laughing.